So I forget how long do we do? However, whatever works for you, honestly. When you start okay. dying, I mean, anywhere when between. I start you know, dying. like we normally do forty-five to sixty. Well, because I know last time we did a lot about who I am, where I'm yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Watch, which we don't need to do, right? Because right? yeah. we've done it. So. Exactly. Okay, good. Yeah. So we can talk about all Cheech and Chong this whole time. It'll Wonderful. Be yeah, and it'll, actually, you know, the first person to pick Cheech, and, well, besides my best friend and I, because. That was like my favorite album growing yeah. up because I didn't know any better and didn't have all access to the other ones. Is that the one with the giant rolling paper in it? Uh, no, that's, that's Big Bamboo. That's Big Bamboo. Yeah, right. never mind. I have them all buried in one of these. I had a couple, bunch of giant boxes I got in an estate sale that just nice leather boxes. Wow. I have every I've got a ton sitting back there. I have, think I have that one in there. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. I've already started recording, but that doesn't really matter. Um, that's all right. So, Dan Bacadal's back with us. Yeah! Thank you for being here. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. I don't need the headphones on anymore. I, I can think of about 12 albums I wanted to talk about. No, so I know. I'm glad that you had time for me. Are you kidding? Anytime. Especially fucking Cheech and Chong. I yeah. Mean, I, I, uh, like I, I, I said, I, that most of the tracks on this I've heard a million times because I, I yeah. listen to Greatest Hit a thousand times. We're talking about Los Cochinos. Yes. Which Cochinos. means um, th- uh, the pigs, isn't it? Isn't that what it means? That sounds right. Um, I didn't look it this up. This is 1973. Really? I, what, what year were you born? 1980. Yeah, I was born in 1969, so mm-hmm. technically, mm-hmm. I was probably three when this album came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, Now, my first exposure to this album probably came in... I know where and who. Okay. Uh, would have been like 1981. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe 1982. Mm-hmm. So not 10 years after it came out. Right. Uh, but uh, my buddy Todd Crowdhamble, his Aunt Pam, mm-hmm. she was the uh, live-in nanny at their house. And when Aunt Pam was in charge, man, things were fun. <laughs> Obviously, because she was exposing us to things like Cheech and Chong, Los Cochinos. That's amazing. And the first thing about it was Basketball Jones, which, of course, Basketball Jones <laughs> was, um, they play that on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It was, you know, the 70s were weird because they would play The Streak and they would play Basketball Jones and uh, I don't want her, you can have her, she's too fat for oh, that's me. Right. Which yeah. I don't know what that's from. I don't know what it is. And then yeah. the other one was, uh, what's the matter, you, hey, it's not so bad, ah, shut up, you face. <laughs> so you'd hear those sorts of things on the radio and you almost felt like radio was meant, made for you as a kid. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I had heard Basketball Jones, which I'll say Basketball Jones. Of course. Uh, I had heard it many times. Um, before realizing that it was Cheech and Chong and that it was on a record. Right. And Aunt Pam played it for us. And I listened to it over and over and over uh-huh. again. Because it was, it's a, it's like theater. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess oh, it's yeah. sketch, it's sketch comedy. For sure. I don't guess. It is. <laughs> it's sketch comedy. Uh-huh. That's recorded. Yeah. And you could see it. Oh, yeah. You know, you could see when they talk to Tyrone Shoelaces. <laughs> You could see, because uh, they say, you know, Tyrone Shoelaces, uh, you know, <laughs> five eight six nine with the afro, uh, which I, I believe didn't Fletch steal the bit then? Uh, oh, but, yeah, right. Um, and you could see it, you know, and you didn't see Cheech Marin dressed as no. uh, in blackface with an afro <laughs> right, on. Right, right. You right. saw a young black guy. Um, and he would talk about, and I wouldn't get the jokes. Sure. Because he says, uh, you know, Ever since I was an itty bitty baby, I always be dribbling. <laughs> right? <laughs> I used to sleep with that basketball under my pillow. Maybe that's why I don't sleep so good at night. <laughs> right. Um, 
And it's it's sketch comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so you could see it, and and to me, it never felt like. It never felt like there should be an audience for it or right. anything. It always just felt like it stood alone on its own. Yeah, I could see the pictures. I don't know if that's a product of being a kid listening to it, right? But I could see the pictures. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Aunt Pam played basketball Jones for us over and over and over again because we asked for it. Sure. Now. I don't know. Maybe everybody knows this already, but I know that I was shocked when I got a little older. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought the album. I saw it in an Albertsons. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I don't know, a couple months later. Okay. Albertsons uh, in Stewart, Florida, anyway. Uh-huh. Used to be kind of like what a Target or a Walmart sure. is now, which is half department store half grocery store mm-hmm. and at one section they had video rentals which was crazy because right. there was only Stuart video mm-hmm. and then Albertson started renting VHS tapes and they had a record store so they had a one bank of records mm-hmm. which was probably you know four rows deep and you know I don't know I mean I would I would guess it's you know a fifteenth of what a rec- regular record of, of store course, would have, yeah. you know, it wasn't like they carried a lot, but they had a comedy section and they had a pop section and a rock and roll section, and everything. I also bought uh, Kiss Unmasked there, mm. which is also technically a comedy yep, album. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I bought this, and my mom, I guess, wasn't paying attention. Uh huh. Because the the cover is oh, yeah, uh, right. innocuous enough, right? Sure. I mean, it just looks like a big old. <laughs> Chevy or a big old Cadillac, right? <laughs> With Cheech and Chong looking out the window, obviously making cat calls at the girls. Sure. That you see on the back of it, which <laughs> are Cheech and Chong dressed as girls. Um, so mom didn't know, apparently, yeah. that Cheech and Chong pretty much talked about drugs yeah. and sex and are smuggling dope on the yes. And then when sleeve. you, which is the fantastic part, when you take the it's so good, the um, I guess the you know what do you call it? The sleeve. The sleeve. When yeah. you take the sleeve out, it's cardboard, uh-huh. which is classy. Right. You don't get a lot of that. No. And it's also shaped like the car, and you can see that inside the door, they're smuggling massive amounts of marijuana. <laughs> and on the back are the uh, the credits, the track listings and everything, and then a lot uh-huh. of the credits and stuff down on the bottom. But uh, then you see the feet hanging out of the windows, meaning <laughs> they picked up the girls on the back cover, mm-hmm. and now they're doing it in the car. And when you take the sleeve out, you look in the window, and you can see the four of them snuggling in the front it's seat. It's really a whole story. This, it really this is. It's album, a fantastic. It's, great. it's one of the reasons I had to frame it and put it on the wall. Yeah. I mean, I have Pink Floyd Animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Martin's comedy is not pretty. Of course. Because it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a beautiful cover. It's a great cover. cover, yeah. And then I have The Beatles Yesterday yeah, and Today. Trying to remember. Wait, comedy is not pretty. You know, it also comes with a little uh, fold-out poster of him in a pink suit. Yes, which I have somewhere. Yeah, it's a hell of a. It's a, and I think a fish tie. Yeah. So you got a fish I think tie. So. I can't I think remember that's right. exactly, but and the gatefold on that when you open it up and it's like a big carnival mm, uh, mm-hmm. dartboard or something with a clown face, a spooky yeah. clown face. But <laughs> anyway, so I got it home, and of course the first thing I did was I listened to Basketball Jones, yeah. and then I flipped it over and started listening to the tracks. Right. So. um the first track, side one, is Sergeant Stadenko. Now, I don't know if this is the first time Sergeant Stadenko makes know. an appearance, yeah. but it's um, it's Sister Mary... Uh, what is it, Sister Mary? Elephant. Elephant, right? <laughs> and class, class, shut up! And he hits it so hard on that thing that it, oh my it, God. 
uh, distorts. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And they didn't bother to re-record no. that. They just said, "Let's let this distort for all eternity." Mm-hmm. Um, Destroy your stereo. And they start Amazing. talking about drugs and stuff. And of course, as a as a, uh, I, w- I would have been probably eleven or twelve at the time. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, same thing. No idea. Same thing. Uh, Peter Rooter, which is about <laughs> having gonorrhea. I sing that every time I see a Rooter. Peter Rooter, that's the name. Just flush your troubles down the drain. Rotten Peter, Rotten Peter. <laughs> um, and then there's the uh, terribly inappropriate, racist, anti-Semitic up his nose. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. Which I never realized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never th- heard it that way because, yeah. again, it's sketch comedy on a record. So I saw the pictures as I saw them. Mm-hmm. And it was just a dumb kid who stuck stuff up his nose. Right, right. But the... the the accent that he's using is like this doctor you gotta help me this kid yeah, he yeah, puts yeah. the stuff up his nose oh my god I, and know, it's because he's got such a big nose right because he's Jewish right <sighs> which I didn't know yeah until last year uh huh I got invited to the premiere I'm wearing the t-shirt the Cheech and Chong animated movie yes I, I got invi- invited that, to the premiere nice and basically these guys took these tracks right off of the album oh really so it's up his nose, right off the album, uh-huh. Los Cochinos, and they animated over it. And mm-hmm. what they animated over it was an Hasidic Jew with, oh with the god. curls and a big, horrible... Oh my god. Horrible cartoon, cartoony nose. Mm-hmm. And when it came on, I went, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. For all these years, I listened never to that, and it was never... Either. It would have never been offensive to anybody the way that I heard right, it. Right, right, yeah. And the way that I pictured it in my head. Sure. Uh, Mr. Stromberg, is it? Yes, doctor, Mr. Stromberg. And what seems to be your problem, sir? Doctor, it's not my problem. It's my son, Jaime. He's acting like an animal. Get down off there, Jaime. Get down off the doctor. Here, come over here. Ed, sit, sit. That's good boy. He's biscuit. Well, Mr. Stromberg, uh... There is a very good veterinarian down the hall if uh, listen, you Listen, listen, doctor. Don't misundertake me. It's not that problem. The problem is his nose. Well, I see that. However, uh, Mr. Stromberg, I'm not a uh, plastic surgeon. No, 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 doctor. That's not the problem at all again. Listen very carefully. Ever since he was a little boy, everything he's finding around the house, he sticks up his nose. Everything that's laying around the house, up his nose it goes. He started off small, first it was maybe a piece of rice, a bean, a jujube. Then he got bigger and bigger, a walnut, a peanut. Then he started on change, first it was a penny, a nickel, a quarter, a half dollar, silver dollars. He's got four knocks up his nose, listen! Well, that is rather musical, perhaps. You can use him as a maraca. But when I saw that, now I don't know that uh, Tommy and and uh, and Cheech mm-hmm. were in on the decisions of how to animate these sure, things. Sure, But they may well have been consulted. They right. were at the premiere, yeah, yeah. and they were standing there. This is a great day, and everything. Uh, so that was one that took thirty years to hit me. Forty yeah. years after the album was released. Uh-huh. Uh, it's insane. I, I'm standing there looking at it going, oh my god, that's terrible. Never occurred to me. Um, yeah. Because um, Basketball Jones, as well, it is, is borderline. Horribly racist. <laughs> but it's, the basketball, every time I, I pick up that basketball, I, I mean, it's so I bad. I know. Um, all right, so Pedro and the Man at the Drive-In. Yes. Right? Oh my god. Now, the, <laughs> the fact that he, you know, it, the whole... 
idea is, hey, I'm gonna sne- you and I are gonna sneak in mm-hmm. to the drive. We're not gonna pay for both of us, right. so we're gonna save the back then in 1973 fifty cents. Yes, you know, uh-huh. um, and then we're gonna pick up some chicks. And we're gonna, you know, all that. The images now. The thing is too that the the. The album cover being what it is, it's mm-hmm. this car for sure. You yeah, know, yeah, as yeah. I'm as I'm listening to it, I'm seeing this big green old Chevy or Cadillac or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, it's great driving in there, and him going, "Get in the trunk, man! Get in the trunk!" And he gets in the trunk, and then he, you know, breaks the key off in there, and of course he's farting in the trunk. Of course, and it's horrible. Of and course, it's so juvenile. Um, that's why it was perfect for right, and that's a. 12 minute 44 second track that, yeah yeah that's rhyme of the ancient mariner like you know <laughs> it's that's some Led Zeppelin uh, for the iron, comedy for the iron maiden fans out fantastic. there fantastic um but a fantastic track you know yeah. very g- great characters and and a lot of good comedy and breaks the key off in the trunk mm-hmm. and he can't get him out and then he starts peeing on the trunk and telling him <laughs> that it's raining you know um but here's the thing Right below this, which I didn't realize, and it didn't make an impression on me until right now. I'm looking at this, and it says, "Produced by Lou Adler," Shit. and that's that's the guy. That's the guy from the Roxy, yeah, who produced all kinds of crazy shit. Right, he was at the premiere of the film oh, as well. Oh, okay, that makes so sense. So when I was going down the green carpet, yeah, yeah, yeah at the course. premiere, the guy right in front of me was Lou Adler. Oh shit! And he just like a looked like an old rock guy yeah you know i mean i looked at him and i thought he could have been the bassist for uh for for um you know uh uh the the moody blues or something sure you know? and i wouldn't have known right but my buddy steve kaminsky who's an improviser uh-huh. and a, a very funny guy he i brought him with me to the premiere and he goes dude that's lou adler <laughs> now i knew the name lou adler sure but i didn't know the face and i went oh my god what the hell is he doing here he goes it's, it's the roxy that's where the premiere okay. was okay and he goes, it's the Roxy. This is Lou's joint. Like, these yeah. are Lou's people. This is Lou's act. This is, you know. Yeah. Um, so, Lou Adler produced this thing. That was going to be my next thing. Is like, the production values on this are fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why it's so easy to visualize everything. Yeah. Really super environmental noise and, like, sound effects are really tight. It's not, like, old-time radio. It's not... No, sound, you know what I mean. The sound of—that's the thing about Pedro and the man that's driving, right? Is that <clears throat> when he puts them in the trunk? One, when they open the doors, mm-hmm. you hear and you see these big, heavy doors oh, yeah. opening, yeah. right, and closing with a whoop. And the same thing with the trunk and the keys in the lock and the key breaks and he doesn't have to say anything. You hear it. Oh yeah. And then the drumming of the piss raining down on the <laughs> trunk on the broken, you know, trunk is so. It's just so clear to you. Yeah, yeah. And even the, uh, the the like driving through when they're looking for a good oh there's a good spot right there man. Yeah. And as he's driving through the drive-in to look for a place to spot, you can hear him doing those dips and yeah, bounces right. over the over the um, row after row. There's the rows of the the boxes that put the sound in your car. Yeah. You know the little stations where each car was stop. And as he rolled over him, you could hear him, and you can see yeah. it. You know which yeah. I. You know, found amazing as a kid. I honestly think that's one of the reasons, like, you know, you pointed out it is. It's super juvenile. There's no denying that. But that's yeah. one of the reasons some of this shit works so well is because it seems so real. Yeah. At least for me, that's one of the reasons I can still listen to it and not yeah. get annoyed. Yeah, I can. I, uh, like I said, I, we when I was at this premiere, 
I sat there and I thought it would have been more fun to have a listening party. Yeah. Because yeah. half of what made this stuff so great was seeing it in your head. Definitely. Now I'll say that when they did the film, when mm-hmm. they did Up in Smoke, mm-hmm. <laughs> the first 45 minutes of that movie is arguably the best 45 minutes of comedy cinema ever. I mean, yeah. it is gangbusters. It's great. All the way up until when they when they get the nuns cavity searched at the border. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then at that point it kind of starts to change once they get to the gig and all right, that. Right, right, right. It kind of the wheels kind of come off uh, so to speak, forgive mm-hmm. the pun. But that first 45 minutes the Struther Martin dealing with the, yeah. all that shit. Oh my god, it's so good. And so many of these sketches are are there, you sure. know. Um a strawberry Hey, strawberry man. Hey, Joe, I wasn't looking at his. I wasn't looking at his neck. Um, so, uh, let's see. So, side two. Wow, it falls apart for me. I go. Oh, what the hell is that? Strawberry <laughs> revival. Mm-hmm. I can remember hearing. They're listening to a record and it's skipping. Oh yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to this recently? This is one that I could not find a copy of the track. I didn't have the record near me. I know, that's the problem. If I brought my record, we could be listening to it right now. I do have it. I didn't bring the record because it's 102 degrees Uh in Los Angeles. Uh And if I had left this in my car, I wouldn't have the record anymore. No, no, you would not. Um, Strawberry Revival Festival. I might be able to find it. Hey, Strawberry! Um, Is that Dave's Not Here? That wouldn't be. Let's see. Here. That would be labeled something different then, I th- wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there are a couple that I could not find online because I realized at the last second that this is one that I hadn't uh, ripped to MP3. Yeah. I've got like 200 in there that need to be ripped, but this is one that is not. Let's um, see. I'm also just looking at the um, Studio Mixing and More, Ode Records, 1973. I just want to know kind of what, and there's no way we will yeah. until I get to teach, uh, speak to one of these guys. It's like, I want to know what motivated who to produce it that well. Because they could have just made it a bunch of, like, jokey sketches. Like, could have just been sitting in there doing jokes. Joke, 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 joke. I mean, my if I had to guess, mm-hmm. based on who they are now, yeah, uh, it would be probably uh, Cheech and Lou Adler. Yeah. You know, it would probably be Cheech... Saying, "Here's what I want to do, man," mm-hmm. and Lou Adler going, "I wouldn't have it any other way." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Because uh, it is, it is produced with such a high uh, level of professionalism that mm-hmm. that you know, I he uh, approaches it like, well, a guitar, you know, a, a band wouldn't show up and go, "Ah, we don't care if the bass is a little thin," right? You know, yeah. So why would a a, a sketch comedy duo? want to see their stuff done not so well it's exactly right and it's one of those things that i i besides these guys fire sign i wouldn't even put monty python stuff on the album with up up with this stuff because i love monty python but their best stuff on on record for me was music because their sketches yeah. were visual you know yeah the, this you stuff would hear live at the hollywood bowl or something yeah yeah, yeah. and you'd be going well, what's everyone laughing at i know you and know. You'd, you'd go ahead and laugh because you want didn't want to right. feel stupid but but like these guys in Firesign put so much work into what they did, that it was like kind of the like I said, it's not it wasn't old time radio, but it was definitely what yeah new radio was ready for. Yeah. Um, okay, so I don't remember that. Don't bug me is probably Buster the Body Crab, right? I think so. <laughs> That's Buster the Body Crab, which I didn't know what the hell that I meant. I didn't either. I and had it to wasn't have my until I was much older and I went, I want to listen to this record. <laughs> and I put it on, and everything you know when I was, you know. 
14, 18, maybe mm-hmm. eight, not 14, like 16, 18, somewhere in there. I listened to it and I went, holy crap! <laughs> that one's all about drugs. This one's about gonorrhea. <laughs> this one is still just a guy stuffing stuff up his nose. I didn't get it. Uh-huh. Um, Pedro and the Man, I got Strawberry, wish I could remember it. Mm-hmm. Don't bug me, Buster the Body Crab. Mm-hmm. We're standing here with the Buster the Body Crab, and he's a he's a he's a, a crabs on someone's <laughs> balls, you know. So um, the Evelyn Woodhead spit ridding course. That's so fucking. Uh, which is thankfully only thirty six seconds. Uh-huh. It's just over so quick. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> but still funny, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like. To this day, it's the Eberlin Woodhead Sped Reading Course. <laughs> um, Le Morpion. Again, another one I could not find a copy of. You, you have a feeling that... that 5.55. 5 minutes, 55 seconds. I can't remember it to save my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't do my homework very oh, well. Oh, you know what I found, though? What? Here we go. Uh, I did, at the very least, find Strawberry Revival. Oh, good. Hey, Joey, did you see my pills, man? What pills, man? Well, I had a bunch of downs, man. Far out, man. You had some downs and you weren't even going to share them with us. Hey, man, I was going to share them with everybody before we went to the concert, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, then how come you had them hidden in your sleeping bag, man? Hey, man, what are you doing in my sleeping bag, man? I was looking for my Black Sabbath record, man, which I found. Hey, man, that's my Black Sabbath record, man. It is not, man. It is so, man. It is not, man. It is so, man. It is not, man. Yes, it is, man. That's my record. My old lady ripped it off, man. Hey, man, if you remember, man, she was my old lady when she ripped it off, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's right, man. Well, that's my record now. It's it's a reminder to me that that if nothing else, that Tommy Chong has no range. No, <laughs> Love him to one death. thing. Okay, I got Le Morpion. Oh, okay, good, you found it. Yeah. <laughs> Bonsoir and hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the Joculat Show. Uh, I am Jacques Culat, and today on our show we have a world traveler, adventurer, explorer, uh, a real travel bug, Lamar Pion, or uh, as he is known in English, uh, Buster the Body Crab. Uh, hello there, Buster. Uh, you are Canadian, not you are? Eh? Uh, you are Canadian? Uh, well, by golly, I, I, I guess I am Canadian. I was born in uh, Prince Rupert. Oh, from royalty. Eh? Uh, from royalty? Right, so that one I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the weird French uh, talk show with mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Chong playing the role of being a body crab. Maybe less stoner in that one? He's just. Yeah, sort of he's doing just going. He yeah. plays that other character. Yeah, yeah. Me, uh, yes, uh, children. Um. <laughs> Uh, Let me uh, show you <laughs> what it means to <laughs> chit, man. Well, uh, we don't call it that. Oh, that's uh, right. Uh, yeah, okay, so he so was this Stenko is too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So this one is "Don't Bug Me." Hello. Hey, man, listen very carefully, man. Don't answer the phone, man. You got that? Don't answer the phone. Even if it's me calling, man, don't answer because I think the phone is bugged, man. Okay? Okay? 
Hello? 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 Hey man, what the hell are you doing? Did you Pedro? hear what I said? Yeah, I'm, Is I, that I, you, no. man? No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's Freddy, hey, man. Hey man, where are you, man? Well, I'm calling from outside, man, but listen. Hey, you, you got the dog? Hey man, don't say nothing about wow, that. Wow, man, you better hurry up and get over here, man. Everybody thinks you ripped them off. Hey man, will you call wow. it, man? Hey, listen to hey, what I'm saying. Hey, where are you, man? I'm outside, man. Listen what, did you to forget me. the address again? Hey, man, no, I don't. Now listen, write it down, hey, man. Like, even with it, regardless of the subject, it's, it's like they're who's on first, you oh, know? Yeah, it's like no, the it's drug, that's the so thing. Good. It's funny that, it, you know, now listening to that, right? Mm -hmm. I look at it and I go, now I know why I couldn't remember Strawberry Revival. Mm -hmm. I have no excuse for not remembering Don't Bug Me. Yeah. Because it's such a good bit. Yes, yes, it's brilliant. It's such a well done bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and it's, and it's the, the... It's either the child or father of of Dave's not here. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. the same kind of bit. Hundred percent. You know, you put the man on the phone and let Pedro call <laughs> in, and and uh, chaos ensues. I right? think in the background I heard somebody talking to Strawberry too. So I think the other sketch might have been continuing in the background. Yes, which is fucking great. Yeah, which is a great. A and great it's now bit. got me thinking because I'm writing a comedy album now, and I'm like, oh my god, that does kind of blow your mind. Yeah, it's you know, you know they they're. That's the thing is it didn't feel so much like tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It, that's why when I think when I finally saw Up in Smoke, I almost felt like you could take that first 45 minutes Up in Smoke, mm -hmm. cut it in half and put it on two sides of vinyl and you got a, right. you got a comedy album. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. You know, everything. I think we're parked, man. <laughs> hey, man, what was in that you been? I never I don't you look that calm down, man. <laughs> you know? Blah! What are you doing? Sometimes that helps, man. <laughs> um, but it's funny that I would forget Don't Bug Me because it's such a good cut. Yeah. I remember Evelyn Wood's speed rhythm course very clearly. Mm -hmm. uh, Le Pion, uh, the name threw me, but I, I yep. remember the Bust of the Body Crab, and I think it's long. Yeah, it is. It's longer than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good bit, but it goes on too long. Definitely. But Chibornik, here's why I would forget those other things, because Evelyn Woodhead, Chibornik, and Basketball Jones left such an impression. Yeah. Chibornik in particular, because once I had finally listened to the album mm -hmm. and heard it, what a great gag yeah, of yeah, yeah. Chibornik. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. Looked like dog shit? Yeah, it looked like dog shit to me. <laughs> Pick up. What? Pick up. Feel like dog shit? Yeah, feel like dog shit. Huh. Smell. Huh? Smell. <laughs> yeah. Smell like dog shit? Yeah, smell like dog shit. Taste what? Taste. Ugh. Taste like dog shit. Yeah. Oh, good thing we didn't step in it, right? <laughs> yes. Such a classic. Great, such a fantastic. That's like an old school. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, gag, it's you know? brilliant. That's almost. Uh, that's almost uh, vaudevillian in its in its simplicity. Definitely. And heavy, heavy. You know, punchline at the end, but definitely not throw, not a throwaway. Because again, the background's totally produced, so they might have just dropped a mic in a seat. Yes, but it you doesn't hear, matter. you hear. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, and it's not only that, but it's like lights up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. The way that the, the sound fades in on the uh, on the wind blowing, mm -hmm. and you hear the mm -hmm. of their feet in the snow as they walk so up to good. it, and. Why does it have to be Russians? I don't know. No. Why not? Because uh, we'll do something a little different. Yep. Right. You know? Give Tommy a chance to not be a stoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but a minute, a minute twelve, right? And a <laughs> yeah. fantastic minute twelve. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find an album. I mean, again, like you said, a couple go really long. But it's the weird thing where, like, there are a couple like that. They're perfectly tight. 
short, small, brilliantly produced, put together, and they still pull off a 12-minute track on one side that doesn't bug me at all. I right, so and I much. think, too, that, that that's also going to be... That's part of the production as well, you know? I mean, you... When I worked at the Second City, mm -hmm. that was a very big part of putting together a show. I yeah. don't care how great your idea is. We already have two things that are long yeah. Yeah. in this act. Mm -hmm. There's no room for it. It's hard. It's great, but we can't have another long two-person scene in here. Yeah. You know, and as the theater evolves, so do the na the does the nature of the, the shows themselves. Mm -hmm. I was just back uh, for the Chicago Improv Festival. I was back uh, uh -huh. uh, about a month and a half ago. And they had uh, a brand new main stage show at oh, really? Second City, and okay. I went and saw the brand new main stage show. And it had been ten years since I did my review, yeah, you know, maybe nine. And it was night and day as far as style of show. Yeah, there were still some very standard things. Opening number yeah. followed by Bing, Bing, Bing. Three really quick things okay. followed by two person scene. Uh huh. Followed by something fast. Followed by a big group scene. Okay. But then the similarities started to fade and you started to see more of a unique voice of the generation that's working there that's now, awesome. which was a lot more song and dance. Really? A lot more... Um, now, this was Mick Napier, the guy that directed it, okay. but a lot more uh, um, artistic uh, uh, transitions. Mm -hmm. You know, so rather than just blackout, sure. lights come up on the next scene, you know, big loud music and then lights come up on the next scene, mm -hmm. it would be lights go to blue and red yeah, you know yeah. alternately okay. you know it's blue here and red there blue stage left red stage right oh, cool. okay. big loud music and they come out and kind of walk a choreographed walk as they nice. hand off okay. a chair to someone else yeah. they sit down lights come back up to white music stops and the next scene starts you know yeah. uh, that's more of a, a, a mic technique approach okay. to direction but you could see that this group it was it was appropriate for their voice as a group mm -hmm. you know so you could see that that they still had some of the old uh, styles and so forth there, but there was that very purposeful running order. Yeah. Which you can look at this: six minutes thirty-one for the opening number, mm -hmm. but it's a big classroom scene. Right. There's Sergeant Sudenko. There's the two two main kids. Yeah. A couple other kids. There's Sister Mary Elephant. Mm -hmm. um, you know. A lot of characters followed by Peter Reuter. Twenty seconds, real quick. Right. Song commercial, mm -hmm. same thing SNL does. Yes, you know, 100%. opening sketch followed by opening commercial coming into monologue, maybe another commercial. Right, you know, um, up his nose three twenty five, followed by a long, you know, and up his nose again is like two characters. Yep, right. Yeah, very heavy, uh, very uh, obvious approach one bit. Which is this kid puts ridiculous shit up his nose and he just repeats that over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different things. Up his nose, it goes, right? Right. right. And then Pedro and the man at the drive drive-in, which is a uh, twelve minutes and forty-five seconds, you know. Right. So at that point they've earned the right to give you a journey to mm -hmm. close out act one. Yeah. While you go roll your next joint. Exactly. You know. Hundred percent. Um so anyway, the whole reason that we're even here talking about this one would be White World of Sports and basketball <laughs> mm -hmm. jumps. Now, White World of Sports is so good. Yeah. yeah. I, l I love when they go, now, coach, let's talk about your record. My record. 
what the hell you want to bring that up for, man? <laughs> I done my time. I paid my debt to society. How the hell was I supposed to know she was 13? <laughs> hell, she looked 18 to me, right? Which is totally racist. Uh-huh, yeah. Because you're using that voice and suggesting that this guy has to be a criminal. Right? Uh-huh, right. But... In 1973, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff was totally okay. Apparently, yeah. You know? uh-huh. um, and then it goes into Basketball Jones, which is four minutes itself. It's a four-minute song yeah. yeah, with fantastic music in it. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't realize, and I was a huge Beatles fan back when I was introduced to this thing. Mm-hmm. Aunt Pam, who introduced me to this album, to mm-hmm. that song, was a big Beatles fan. Nice, okay. And she never told me. That George Harrison plays guitar on that song. Holy fuck. No kidding, you didn't know? I did not know Oh, that. I love being the, the guy that Holy delivered shit. that. Holy shit. Take a look at the, the musicians on there. Holy shit. George man. Harrison, guitar. Number one. Holy now, when you go crap. back and listen to it, you'll go, how did I not know that was George Harrison? And Carol it's King sound, playing the electric piano. Sounds so much like George and Harrison. Billy Preston playing the organ. Billy what Preston, the fuck is going Carol on? King, George Holy Harrison. Holy shit. Who did that? I mean, I guess I guess Lou, Lou Adler, Adler is yeah. the reason that happened. I mean, don't get me wrong; they have a pedigree. Tommy Chong was in a you know a real band, and he yeah. was a real musician. But doesn't yep. matter. Like that 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 alone would not have pulled in. Jeez. Yeah. That's amazing. No wonder it's so gorgeous. Yeah, it's uh, the the guitar on it is as beautiful and haunting as Why My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, which I know there's, you know, not to get off topic, but mm-hmm. kind of on topic is. Some people say that's Clapton playing that. Really? If he is, he's playing Harrison's guitar tuned the way Harrison sure. runs it through whatever pedals he runs it through because it sounds like Harrison's yeah. sound, not yeah. like Clapton's sound. I've never heard that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and then you look at uh, the other thing is then once you know once I was old <laughs> enough to know that you read liner notes to see like what does this say? What does that say? Yeah. You know, there's just random things on here like Nicholas loves precious. Uh, <laughs> Pedro Little Hats <laughs> La Lupe have a hot sweater Pedro Los Brown the Bear Little Hats I don't know who knows what that is um, What was the other thing I was looking at Cheerleader there's a there's a group of cheerleaders in Basketball Jones they're mm-hmm. all credited on here <laughs> They are the Blossoms. Uh huh. Darlene Love. Do you know who Darlene Love is? Have you seen Twenty Feet from Stardom? No. I, oh wait, I want. I've been wanting to see that actually. It's about background singers yeah. that don't get their credit. Darlene Love mm-hmm. is one of those. That's awesome. So she's singing backup. This chick uh-huh. was the hottest voice and crazy ass. Uncle, what's his name from uh, uh, Phil Spector? Uh-huh. Didn't give her any any credit. Wow, you know. Wow. So she sang, um, "Christmas." Shit. That's her voice, and it's attributed to the Crystals. It's all on this hell? documentary. I really want to see. And that she one. gets no credit. And That's here she is on here. Fucked. She's on this. She's on the background of this. But what I was going to talk about was the sixth grade class. Uh huh. Class, class. When you hear the class in the background, mm-hmm. uh, Leslie Meniscus, don't know who that is. Lisa Romaine, don't know who that is. Robbie Chong, I'm huh. supposing he's Tommy Chong's kid, uh-huh. and Ray Don Chong. Oh, really? Funny. Yeah. Okay. And then a couple other names. That's uh, But it's amazing to me, an album like this that so many people would pay no attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is so filled with names. Yeah. George Harrison, Carol King, Billy Preston, Darlene Love, who of course you'll you'll learn when you when you watch that film. Mm-hmm. Uh Lou Adler. Man, wait a minute. What? Hey man, you hear that? Hear what? That knocking, man. Listen. Why don't you turn your motor off, man? It is off, man. Listen. Oh, it's probably those dudes in the trunk, man. Oh, man, I forgot about them dudes, man. Hey, here, give me the keys, man. I'll get them out. Hey, wait a minute, man. We can't let them out here, man. We're too close to the snack bar. Oh, that's right. Hey, well, then pull around to the back row, man. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Go around to the back. Hey, you guys, wait a minute, man. We're going to pull around to the back because we're right near next to the snack bar and they'll see us take you out, okay? Yeah, hang on, man. We'll get you out of there in a minute. That's pretty good here, man. Hey, yep. back up to the fence so they don't see you. Okay. Is that close enough? Yeah, that's good, man. Okay. Hey, here's the keys, man. Get them out. Hey, what key is it, man? It's the one with a little red thing on top, man. This one here? Yeah, that one. Okay. Hey, hang on, you guys. I'll get you out right now. Oh, wow. What's the matter, man? Hey, man, you'll never guess what happened. Uh, you broke the key off in the lock? How did you know, man? Hey, did you really, man? Yeah, man, I must have turned it the wrong way or something because it broke right off in the lock, man. I just love that you can look at the, like, that they've got this kind of a sleeve. When, yeah. you know, back in the 50s, it was always like, you know, Bob Newhart first came to me and blah, blah, blah. What a wonderful young voice. Like, it was always somebody endorsing them on the back. Yeah. Here, it was much more punk. A lot more rock and roll, anyway. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and not only that, but that, like, it's a performance itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, the... Yeah. the I mean, here we now we turn into old men going, "Hey, vinyl was always better. <laughs> sure, there was sure. more to look at, etc." But some people made an event out of it. Cheech and Chong <laughs> always made an event out yes. of it. We talked about it before recording, but Big Bamboo had a gigantic rolling paper mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. That good luck finding that. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other one that they had that was wrapped in, uh, like garbage bag? Oh, right. I don't have. I don't I have that one. What I don't album think. that was? Uh, anyway, but they, you know, like uh, the the what's the one Black Beauty or what? Not not Black Beauty. Oh but shit! That, the uh, one that's like a big red pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaped like a big red pill. You know, Sleeping Beauty or I well, think that that might be it. Anyway, that they they took the time to create to do something with their album cover. Yeah. To not just go, well, here's the album, mm-hmm. and inside is a thing. The album cover itself is a performance. For sure. You know, which is phenomenal. Um, I wish I'd have had this, honestly, in my hands when I was first hearing all this shit. Yeah. Because, again, it's an experience. All I had was a cassette of Greatest Hit, which yeah. probably didn't have anything in well, it. Well, back then, all I listened to was vinyl. I yeah. didn't listen to cassettes sure. or anything. I was like, what, are you kidding me? I don't know. What am I going to do with cassettes? There was no Walkman. Mm-hmm. And, and none of the kids <laughs> in my class were carrying around boom boxes. Not yet. Yeah. You know, very soon after that. But at the time, it was... You put it on the turntable, and you hope no one's home, and you just crank it up as loud as you possibly can, you know? <laughs> so you would have Cheech and Chong blasting? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What would have happened if your parents had gone? <laughs> I don't think that my parents... Were they not, not my parents noticed being, or? My stepdad being uh, 
uh, incredible guy. I love him to death. Mm-hmm. But he was much older than my mom. Okay. Uh, so, I, you know, to him, it was all noise. It didn't matter mm-hmm. what it was. It was just noise. I'm not going to bother to listen to it. Yeah, 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 those Beatles, they're bunk. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 that's not a lyric. <laughs> right? So to him, by the time something like this was coming around, and by the time I was listening to something like this, yeah, it was just noise coming out of that other room. That's you know, awesome. yeah. whether it was this or whether it was rock and roll all night or whether it was the Beatles' white album, it didn't matter. It was all garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mom wouldn't have minded. Really? You know, my mom introduced me to real comedy um, shortly before this. We used to drive from Florida to Minnesota every year. And I hope I didn't share this back. I don't when, think so because that's a little mind blowing. <laughs> Every summer, we would drive up to Minnesota. My my father lived up there. Okay. So my mother and I would, would, with my brother, drive all the way up to Minnesota from Florida. And every year, we'd buy a couple of cassettes mm-hmm. to play in the car. And um, everyone got to choose something. Nice. Right? And so my mom would choose, you know, Cat Stevens, mm-hmm. things like that. Right? And my brother and I would, cho- my brother would choose, you know, John Cougar. Uh-huh. Before the Melon Camp came sure, along, sure. you know, um, and I chose uh, George Carlin AMFM, nice. Which I didn't know what it was. Right. My mom picked Bill Cosby himself. That's awesome. And I went, oh, comedy. Okay, I'll pick sure. a comedy. I know that our older sisters listen to George Carlin, <laughs> so I'll pick George Carlin. And she goes, okay, fine. Now back then, mm-hmm. no warning labels on anything. Sure. You know, <laughs> That's this was, was pre pre nineteen eighty nine. There mm-hmm. were no labels. Yeah, you know, it was just there's an album cover. Uh-huh. Um, and Thanks. I got that, and we listened to it. We listened to Bill Cosby himself first, and then we listened to AMFM. And right out of the gate, he's talking about <laughs> shit, the word shit, and how nobody ever uses it literally, <laughs> and it's just like an exclamation rather than what it really is. Uh, and she didn't bat an eye, and she didn't say you can't listen to this. That's awesome. So, you know, I don't think she cared one way or another. I think she looked at it as like this is innocuous. It doesn't. It's not. This isn't going to harm you. It's just. It's comedy. Yeah. You know this is comedy. It's make believe. Right. 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 Um, so I never got. This never got taken away from me. Mm-hmm. This never got blacklisted or anything like that. It just sat there. My brother listened to to Steve Martin. He listened to, let's get crazy mm-hmm. or let's get small and yeah. wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, they never gave a shit what it was yeah. they were never really paying attention to it right um so when i brought this into the house it was just another comedy album that was being played alongside kiss and the beatles mm-hmm. you know and arguably it's it's the it's the marriage of kiss and the beatles mm-hmm. really when you think about it, it really is i i'm just surprised like that i didn't because i was a kid who i was i was super straight edge uh, still, mo- mostly am. Uh, I've only smoked pot once my whole life, and uh, like it's. But it appeals. I think we probably talked about this. It still totally appeals to me. It's never. F- I know that they call it stoner comedy, but it's never felt like stoner comedy to me. It doesn't feel. It doesn't make you feel like an outsider. No. I mean, I never listened to it and said, "Oh, they're 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 talking out of my league." I don't right. know what they're talking about. Right. The way that they presented it was characters. Yes. So it really would. Here's the beauty of it, I guess, is that it wasn't about the topic. Mm-hmm. It was about the characters. Yeah. It was about this guy getting mad at the other guy for not understanding. You don't have to know baseball to understand who's on first. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you just have to know that no matter what this other guy says, the other guy goes, "That's correct." <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's that's kind of what makes it so great. You know. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think of other. Uh, again, I, I keep coming to this. I, I always, if I'm if I'm bringing up <clears throat> sketch albums of the time, as for as far as quality, it's these guys in Firesign. Are there other groups that maybe I'm missing and I'm just not thinking about that just have this kind of production quality to them to their work, even if they weren't the best. You know, I don't sketches? know. If, did, did the Compass players ever do any albums? I don't. I don't know, know if they did or not. And Monty Python. I mean, and they're the other one that I think of, but... Uh, you know what, National Lampoon. National Lampoon. Lampoon. Yeah, now, yeah, now I've got one hanging say. on the wall. Did you ever listen to any of their stuff? Um, you know, I didn't. Uh, I think that my first, exposure, my first exposure to National Lampoon was Animal House. Yeah. Which, again, a good example of how much my mom didn't care that I was paying attention to dirty things. Because mm-hmm. Animal House <laughs> is not appropriate in nope. 1978 nope. for an eight-year-old. Nope. Nope. Um, but I saw it. Yeah. And I saw it in the theater, and I saw it in the theater with my mom. Holy shit! Uh, and it wasn't a oh god, we got to get out of here. Right. It was well, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, she may have afterwards gone. Why did I do that? Because I can't remember what came out a couple years later, and I said, oh, I want to see that. And she said, you can't see that. That's rated R. Uh-huh. And what I always said was, I saw Animal House. <laughs> that was I think it was Porky's. Oh shit! Porky's came out. Uh huh. And it was, I want to see Porky's. And she said, you can't see Porky's. That's rated R. And I think she knew that Porky's took what Animal House did and went oh, yeah. a couple miles further. Uh-huh. Uh, but she said, you can't see that. And I said, what are you talking about? I saw Animal House. And that was my answer to everything. <laughs> That's Fist amazing. came out, which was like an action. Uh-huh. You know, like uh, uh, Sylvester Sloan. You can't see that. When I saw Por- I saw Animal House. <laughs> um, but the point being, I was exposed to... National Lampoon's then mm-hmm. because it was National Lampoon's Animal House. Of course. And one day, uh, Headley Dobular and uh-huh. I rode our bikes to the uh, there was like a um, gift shop. I lived on Miami Beach, North Miami Beach. Okay. And there were all these hotels there that were all named after the the casinos in oh. Vegas. So there was the Sands, mm-hmm. the Dunes, the Golden Nugget, et cetera, et cetera. That's funny. And um, one of them was like a big high-rise that had, down in the basement, a gift shop mm-hmm. that had like a bookshop in it. And it sold Playboy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. And one of them was the comic book of National Lampoon's Animal House. Really? And I bought it, and I still have it. Really? Now, next time I come see you, I have to bring it with That's me. That's amazing. And I brought that to the counter, and the lady said, you know, $2.50, and I went, okay, because clearly this thing should have been 18 and over. Mm-hmm. I got that. I got it home, and I thought, "That's it. I'm in love. National Lampoons. <laughs> this is my jam. Mm-hmm. These are my people." And then the next thing that I looked at was the mag, the magazine okay, again. Okay, sure. And I didn't get it. I didn't get a right. single thing that was going on. Yeah. I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. None of it made any sense to me. It would have been 1979, uh-huh. and I was going, "I don't know what any it of this was is." Counter, counter, you know, counter, I'm counter. nine years old. It's not for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I never really got into them. Mm-hmm. You know. And I don't think that I ever got the opportunity to actually listen to anything yeah. to have found out whether or not I understood what was going on on camera or not. Yeah. I mean, on, 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 the on record, record yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, like, I hadn't ever until somebody, Dave Holmes, picked that album, picked uh, It's Not Whatever It Is, It's it's Sick. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, so, it's so filthy. It is so, yeah. it is borderline vile because, like, it's a bunch of, you know, like borderline college age people, who are just mostly dudes, obviously. Yeah. And uh, it just comes from a very different perspective than this. Then I still don't. I still don't know how Cheech and Chong met. By the way, I still don't understand. I don't know what I don't that know situation either. is because I know that 
Tommy Chong's a bit older than he is. He's probably might be close to ten years older than him. He's yeah. a lot older. So I don't I don't know how he how they met or how they became friends, but it's still like tame compared to a lot of the other. Sure, <laughs> and and I mean it's and it's far from tame in a lot of ways. But yes. it's it's that thing where a couple months ago I I introduced my wife to Slapshot. Uh huh. Because she'd never seen it. Yeah. And I I always maintain that the greatest genre of or the get, greatest decade for film comedy is the seventies. Sure. Um, those things hold up. Yeah. And it's funny that after I watched it, my wife liked it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. She was like, it's really good. It's very funny. And it's and it's sweet, too. Mm-hmm. There's a heart. There's there's bits of heart in it as well. You care about these people. And after it was over, I went on Twitter, I think, and I said, I'll tell you something, Slapshot, that movie holds up. And the re- responses I got were things like, yeah, so does the blatant homophobia. Yeah, so Uh-oh. does the blatant racism. And Uh-oh. I went, yeah, I guess you're right. It was pretty homophobic <laughs> and racist, but... I guess I was looking at it as a period piece. I mean, it's sure. like, sure, you know, Huckleberry Finn is racist in that respect, right. but it reflects the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think it glorifies the time. I no, think it reflects the time, and I think that this thing. does too. That yeah. back then it was socially acceptable to go, "Hey, my name is what was the coach's name? What the co- coach? Oh, uh, I can't remember, but the sportscaster was Mister Whitey White. Yes, you know, right. I, I don't know his name either, mm-hmm. but it's the white world of sports mm-hmm. and talking to guys who talk like this mm-hmm. and it's white guys doing sure. it and back then totally socially acceptable sure not now i'm sure the uh, the black community back then probably didn't find it as socially sure. acceptable sure but as far as the um the greater population were concerned it was like yeah this isn't offensive nowadays mm-hmm if my favorite comic were doing this, I'd go, uh, dude, come on. Uh-huh. You can't do that. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it was done 40 years ago. And yeah. Like, you know. um, so I think you've already made the case for it, but if, if some for some reason people flash forward 45 minutes into the podcast and they need to hear just your recommendation. if Let's say nobody's ever heard Cheech and Chong before. Why is this a go-to? Oh, th- 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 this is a go-to because of Basketball Jones. I yeah. mean, if nothing else... Yeah. No, not, and and I wish there were a way for them to just listen to it and not know it's George Harrison, mm-hmm. and then find out it's George Harrison because that you hear it and you go, "Damn, this is a good song." Yeah, yeah, and that's a hell of a guitar wailing in the background, and then find out it's George Harrison. Yeah, 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 and then go, "I gotta listen to that again." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's such a uh, th- that's the reason. Yeah, uh, their comedy is fantastic. The uh, pick up a copy of the album if you can find one in yeah. its original version because I'll bet you now they probably sell it as a flat front oh, yeah. and the sleeve probably looks the same but mm-hmm. you're not going to get the same thing. Um, but uh, Basketball Jones is the reason. Yeah, right there. Yeah, and if you don't like that, Chibornik itself <laughs> is enough, and that's only a minute twenty-two. What was it? I'd yeah, forgotten about that sketch too. Such a good one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly I'm looking at this, and honestly, that's like 45 minutes of looking and reading material. So you've got something to stare at the whole time. For sure, <laughs> and I've owned it for 30 years, and look at it; it looks like it's brand new. Yeah, no, you it's know, in an amazing there's condition. Little, there's a little rubbing up there, but still, it's pretty good. It's in great condition because it's th- it's that important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan, this has been amazing. Yeah, man, thanks. Um, remind people where they can find you. Shit. Twitter. Just found out yesterday uh, that Legit got canceled, so Uh. you can't find me there, but you can watch uh, season one on Netflix. 
Uh, I'm I'm doing an upcoming episode of uh, Veep. Nice. Uh, again this year, uh, I just shot just shot a film in Berlin called Agent Forty Seven, which is based on the Hitman video game. Really? Yep. Really. And, and I just got back from New Orleans shooting a film with Kevin Hart and um, and a guy named Will uh, Farrell. Holy shit! Uh, directed by Aton Cohen, brilliant really? guy who's the writer of. Uh, Idiocracy. Idiocracy, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. already know. And mm-hmm. uh, Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah, that's right. Another one of the writers on Tropic Thunder. Uh, an amazing film called Get Hard, which will probably be called something else <laughs> yep. by the time it comes out. Yeah. But uh, but you can find me socially on Twitter at Back It All, at B-A-K-K-E-D-A-H-L, at Back It All. Uh, follow for such uh, uh, funny uh, tweets as if women are going to whine about equal pay, they have to carry half the boners. <laughs> it's those kinds of jokes that keep me in short pants. <laughs> this has been awesome, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, And, man. as always, everybody, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. Comedy on Vinyl.